Guys, you know that you and I can always use a little help when it comes to hygiene, right? A little help as far as below the waist grooming. So that's why I have Manscaped.com. Look, I've heard about Manscaped.com on the radio and podcast for a while now. But I had to find out for myself, what's up with this Manscaped.com? What is it really all about? Well, it's about making sure that you are nice and trim below the waist down there. And that's why they have the Lawnmower 4.0, all new skin safe electric trimmer and a weed whacker for ear and nose hair. For some reason, as I get older, I got a whole issue with like nose hair. I'm like, man, I know I'm getting old when I'm starting to see nose hair waving in the wind. Oh, uh, I can't have that. I'm a public figure, right? So I got the weed whacker. I've got the crop preserver, the anti-chafing ball deodorant. You ever have problems down there with a the little dryness? Anti-chafing ball deodorant comes in handy. I've got that. I've also got the ball spray toner as well, the magic mat, which is the disposable shaving mat and so much more, along with a nice travel bag as well, and anti-chafing boxers. I like that as well from Manscaped. So what I want you to do is go to manscaped.com, manscaped.com, and use the promo code HOOD, my last name, H-O-O-D, like the hood of your car, and save 20% off the Performance Package 4.0. Listen. We can all use a little help down there, guys. So why don't you check out Manscaped.com. They support me, so I want you to support them. It's a great holiday gift for someone or definitely for you. And free boxers, too. Manscaped.com. And the promo code is HOOD, H-O-O-D. Guys, think about it. You can always use a little help with your grooming. Don't you want to kind of impress your significant other? Do that. Manscaped.com. And the promo code is HOOD. Jonathan Hood. First of all, Dusty Rose, I think what you are is a big, ugly, low-class redneck dude. That's what I think you are. Yeah, I put it. I know I put it. But I'm most of all, the baddest man around in the world today. Follow the show at WrestlingTWT on Twitter and Instagram. But remember, my fireflies, as always, I'll light the way. And all you have to do is let me in. Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. The bottom line is... What's up, everybody, and welcome into Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I'm Jonathan Hood. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at WrestlingTWT. That's WrestlingTWT as I broadcast live from the professional wrestling capital of the world, Chicago, Illinois. If you've missed some of our previous episodes of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, check it out as I was with Dedrian Clone. 
We were uh, from House of Wrestling. We were talking about the releases from the WWE. If you missed my thoughts on the releases, the latest releases from WWE and NXT, make sure you check the archives or Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Dedry and Cologne and I from House of Wrestling were breaking that down. And we have some other features as well. I'd like to remind you coming up on Saturday as we record this on Saturday, the 13th of November, I will be... On First Black Champ, I've been on that podcast, and J.R. Bang has been part of that podcast as well um, for TWT. So uh, get it, you'll get a chance to hear my conversation with Camp and J.R. Bang from First Black Champ podcast. That will drop at midnight on Saturday, the 13th, and I hope you get a chance to listen to that podcast. It is uh, not safe for work. Uh, I'll tell you that up front. It's very explicit. So if you have sensitive ears or someone that has sensitive ears, be careful uh, because we let loose in this podcast talking about a myriad of things in the world of professional wrestling. Again, me on First Black Champ with Camp as well as J.R. Bang on the 13th of November. Well, this edition of TWT, as we always tell you, we always want to cover everything in professional wrestling, including what happened at Ring of Honor. And... The statement came out not too long ago from Ring of Honor. They announced on Wednesday, going back to late October, as a matter of fact, and we're addressing it here, a statement that reads, throughout the pandemic, our top priority was to keep everyone healthy and safe. And despite not producing any live events over the last 18 months, we were able to keep everyone fully contracted. We now find ourselves at a time where we need to make changes to our new business operations and are planning a pivot for Ring of Honor with a new mission and strategy. The year will culminate with the final battle in December, and we will be taking the first quarter of 2022 to work internally to reimagine ROH. ROH has the most dedicated fans in the industry, and we appreciate their loyalty and patience as we try to reconceptualize ROH. We anticipate returning to live events in April for the Super Card of Honor with a new fan-focused product and provide a unique experience for wrestling fans. That was a statement made by Ring of Honor. Now, Ring of Honor, owned by Sinclair Broadcast Group, has been holding closed-set TV tapings in Baltimore, and they are holding the aforementioned final battle pay-per-view again in Baltimore, the Chesapeake uh, Chesapeake uh, Employers Insurance Arena. Now, this will be the first show that with fans in attendance since Death Before Dishonor, that pay-per-view that took place in September. So that's the latest on ROH. So let's talk about this for a second. So when I first heard the news that ROH will be closing their doors, I was very disappointed, and rightfully so. Very disappointed in uh, ROH's decision. But it's not necessarily about my, me being disappointed in Joe Coff and the people that run ROH. I'm disappointed in Sinclair Broadcasting. Now, I understand that there is a breach that took place um, with their ransomware. There are some things internally that happened to a lot of companies, but it definitely happened to Sinclair Broadcasting. And they were embarrassed by it. Uh, as someone who plays the stock market, I've seen Sinclair stocks and it is just a dog. It is not good. Um, Sinclair Broadcasting was supposed to be the heir apparent of, maybe not the heir apparent, maybe that's too strong, but they were supposed to be akin to Fox News and they were supposed to be a, a, an outlet 
that was an alternative to Fox News or just something where it's just something that would remind people of how Fox does their business. And Sinclair has failed miserably. Now, here is the concept for Ring of Honor as far as Sinclair is concerned. Sinclair Broadcasting owns channels all throughout North America, local channels, um, not not CBS, not NBC, ABC, Fox, not CW, but they own a number of stations across the country. I've said many times in this podcast, and it's surprising to some that are not from the Chicagoland area that in Chicagoland, I do not get Sinclair Broadcasting. I don't have a, there's no Sinclair TV station in Chicago, not on my Xfinity cable. Uh, when I travel, when I go outside of the city, I can see it pop up in Milwaukee. I see it in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I've seen it uh, in Ohio. I've seen it run a couple of times in certain places in Ohio. Uh, but I have not, there is no Sinclair broadcasting for me to see the weekly TV from Ring of Honor. And I always thought that that was a disconnect, right? I mean, it's one thing to be able to align yourself with Sinclair, but when Sinclair was not willing to be able to really put money forth to support Ring of Honor, uh, that gave me a lot of red flags. And in the experiment with Sinclair and Ring of Honor has been a failure. And that's really unfortunate for uh, those that want to see an alternative to the WWE and as of late, um, what's happening with AEW. So the thing I think about, and we're going to hear from a couple of people regarding this story about ROH closing its doors. I think about some of the all-time greats that wrestled at Ring of Honor. The number one thing I think about is there was a time where Ring of Honor was the number two company in North America. Just like TNA Impact Wrestling was at a time. Right now, AEW fills that bill. There was a time WCW was in that spot. But there was a time where the superest of super indies was the number two company after the WWE. Names like Samoa Joe and Tyler Black and Low Key and Nigel McGinnis and CM Punk and Austin Aries, Brian Danielson, Kevin Steen, uh, Claudio Castagnoli. Um, the Briscoes, El Generico, Jay Lethal, the list goes on and on of some of the great matches from Ring of Honor. The stars you see today in Seth Rollins, well, they started ROH. I paid good money in the Chicagoland area and in parts of Wisconsin to travel to see ROH wrestling because it was way different than the WWE. I was in those crowds to see Ring of Honor and to see Samoa Joe and see Nigel McGuinness and see Daniel Bryan, uh, uh, see uh, Brian Danielson and to see... Um, Cesaro, now back then Claudio Casignoli, um, to see El Generico, who is now Sami Zayn. So, you know, Kevin Owens, who was Kevin Steen back then. CM Punk's always been CM Punk, and there's always great matches. Some of the all-time great matches um, that I've seen on the independents came from Ring of Honor. And even today, in 2021, there's a number of young stars and a few veterans that are in there that are worth watching. Uh, and unfortunately, those stars of today are not showcased enough. And there's some really good wrestling. And if I've said many times on this show, some of the best promos in wrestling come from ROH. They do some great, terrific, uh, well-produced packages to explain their storylines and to be able to have long-form storytelling through promos, through social media. I think they do a great job with it. But um, as we look at Ring of Honor now, 
uh, things are not working out well for them. As a matter of fact, you know, you think about everything that's going on with this company. And I was reading a couple articles about this. Um, one of them, Sports Illustrated, the other one from Bleach Report. So here's what is being said. I'll just use just for time's sake. I'll read what has been said in Sports Illustrated about Ring of Honor. Um, so for years, Ring of Honor offered a savings of zero net loss to Sinclair. The company will likely explain its new business model on an inability to recover from the pandemic during which ROH was still paying talents even through the time that they were not running shows. But the truth is that the product was stale and the shows were unable to sell tickets. Impact and Major League Wrestling should benefit from the wealth of talent suddenly hitting the free agent market. But the pool is diluted for the talent since the market is now flooded with free agents. And it's true because of what the WWE has done and now what Ring of Honor has done. Ring of Honor has released all their talent. Uh, for those that do not know, Ring of Honor has zero on the roster after this pay-per-view they're going to have in December. So they're going to start from scratch. Um, and before I even go into some of the names I really like on the current roster, the ROH tape library is also available and will go to the highest bidder. That's going to be up for grabs. So either Vince McMahon or Tony Khan or some other company can be able to get that ROH library. And, and because there's so many great stars that we see today, we can see what they look like at ROH. And that's going to be valuable, a valuable trade chip, or that's going to be a valuable spot for someone's digital space to have the ROH library. There's no question about that. I got to tell you, I am really disappointed in Sinclair Broadcasting, very disappointed that they did not look at the company and say, boy, we've got the Young Bucks and we got Cody Rhodes and we got all this young talent. Let's see if we can be able to partner with another digital brand or for another television network and be able to really make money from this. I know that you have to share the revenue more than likely. Say, for instance, say, for instance, it was Paramount. Say, for instance, it was with the Paramount Network and say, for instance, it was, you know, Viacom at the time or and, and you say, OK, I like to have Ring of Honor on one of your platforms and say it was VH1, for instance. VH1 is is hurting for programming. Um, they have some shows on there, but a lot of it is just like repeat movies and stuff like that. Say, for instance, you went to CMT and said CMT, you already had the Stole Cold Steve Austin show on there the show that he was doing, how about two hours of wrestling or how about an hour of wrestling? Hell, you put on the weekends, prove yourself. But the point is, though, is that when you are already a multi-million dollar company in Sinclair Broadcasting with all these TVs, if you really want to try to increase your money, it might be shared revenue. But the point is, though, is that you could put your best foot forward and say, OK, even though we are housing the Ring of Honor programming on Sinclair, we can be able to put this elsewhere and sell it. Or just or sell ROH to a, a media conglomerate, you know. But otherwise, just don't let it just sit still and not do anything. Um, yeah, I've seen some of those shows. Like the last show I saw out of Baltimore, the, the crowd was just—it was brutal. Now I know we're coming out of the pandemic. I get that, but just the the crowd's brutal. Last time they were in Chicago, that was not a great crowd. Uh, Ring of Honor did not reach out to me to for guests to try to help promote tickets and to try to sell tickets. So that was uh, really disappointing. Uh, Sinclair dropped the ball. Bully Ray was the first one to say this on Busted Open, and I've been parroting everything that he's been saying regarding ROH. He, what he said is ROH could be all elite wrestling. He they, he said it's it's very clear because of the talent 
top-notch talent like a, a Young Bucks, like Cody Rhodes and many others, that Ring of Honor easily could have been where AEW is right now to get into the ball game. And the, for whatever reason, Sinclair turned a blind eye. Now, again, they've had their financial troubles, but even before the pandemic, before this, before their, their spyware, the ransomware issues, the problems that they had, uh, where all their business was exposed, um, they had an opportunity to really make money and do something with this company, and they did not. Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer talked about the future for Ring of Honor. Yeah, I, I guess the the basic gist of everything is uh, they're not going to be running with a contracted crew. So they'll essentially be an independent promotion and they will use whoever the top independent guys are that uh, they can book on the nights that they have shows and the nights that they do television. Um, that, that, you know, what they have people on TV doing programs, they will not be able to protect them from going to WWE or AEW or, or Impact or anybody else that wants to sign guys to contracts. So uh, it's going to be a lot harder to have a, a champion. It's going to be real tough for a champion. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it'd probably be their best in their best interest to have a champion who is signed with a company that they do business with, whether that's, I don't know who that would be, you know, maybe make a relationship with, somebody that has uh you know it wouldn't be an american company and there's you know you know maybe maybe like something like a a japanese company i mean you know i mean i don't know what the situation with new japan it doesn't appear that they have any really relationship new japan seems to be working with uh aw and, and impact but maybe you know something like an all japan or a NOAA, and um have somebody who they can get you know, under some sort of a deal with them, just or else, yeah, their champion could be picked off by AEW or WWE at any point in time. Um, you know, all their champions. Uh, so it's it's going to be interesting too because of what happens. They have a lot of talent, and I'm looking at the talent list. I mean, in some, you know, a lot of good guys and some some great guys, and it it's you know it's it's like. We are in a very competitive wrestling environment, so you kind of go, oh, anyone is great. You know, there, there's going to be all kinds of people offering, but it's really an interesting time period because WWE is cut back, you know, or, or is limiting the type of wrestlers that it wants as a general rule. Uh, and most of the Ring of Honor guys do not fall into the very, I would say, somewhat narrow vision of WWE over who can be a star. You know, in the sense of wanting people 27 and younger generally, six feet or taller, 220 and larger. And that's not really a lot of, you know, good bodies. Um, that's not a lot of the roster. Um, and then for women, um, you know, again, they probably would want younger women um, generally. Um, so there might be some pickups, but, but probably not a lot. AEW has a more wide vision of who can be a, a star and they're not into physical looks to that degree. Not that they're not into it because, because they are, but not to that degree, not to the, the, you know, narrow degree, so to speak. But how many more people does AEW need? They have so many people on their roster now and they have so many good workers. So, you know, when you talk about, Oh, you know, Jay Lethal, just thrown out a name. You know, very good worker. Jonathan Gresham, who's really fun to watch. 
I mean, and I'm not saying that they wouldn't take them, but, you know, the there's no necessity to take them. It's not like they don't have enough good workers to fill up TV. They have too many. Um, you know, they have enough Matt Seidel's and Tony Nieces and guys like that. And, I mean, you know, you could always, you know, again, there's nothing wrong with any of those guys, and it wouldn't surprise me, but you also don't have a need for any of them either. Thoughts there from Dave Meltzer talking about that on Wrestling Observer. Well, if I had to have a top 10, and I don't necessarily put this in order, but just 10 names that I think about if I was going to try to go after some of these Ring of Honor guys, I mean, at the top of my list, it would be Shane Taylor Promotions. Um, You think about factions, right? Like the New Day and other factions that are around, like the Super Click, the SNAEW and other places. You know, factions really matter in professional wrestling. And the reason why is because when you have factions, that means that someone will spin out of the faction and be a star. Maybe you can get two stars, maybe you get three or four. In the case of the New Day, you've got three stars all at the same time. Uh, And that's kind of what you're looking for. If you bring put a group together, you're hoping that they can all spin out and be special. They all can't be world champion, but the point is that you want to have something special. I think that Shane Taylor promotions, if you've never seen Shane Taylor, follow him on Twitter, uh, go to YouTube, see what he can do. He's a, he's a big guy from Cleveland, and he's got a group that's very serious and very dangerous um, when they're in the ring at Ring of Honor. So, I mean, those guys, I definitely, I'd bring all four together if I could and bring them into the fold. Uh, Jay Lethal is a seasoned veteran and is a Hall of Famer, in my view. He has been the face of Ring of Honor for a long time, a a seasoned veteran that has been through the the wars either at Impact Wrestling or Ring of Honor. And I think that Jay Lethal definitely is someone that can be a difference maker. People look at his age, but, you know, you think about AJ Styles, you think about... um, you know, Finn Balor and some of these other wrestlers that you see on the WWE roster and definitely in the AEW roster uh, where wrestlers are in their mid-30s and their early 40s and they can still go. Um, the age doesn't matter. Do you have the ability to have a second or third gear uh, to be able to entertain? Chris Jericho's in his early 50s. He just has a birthday on Tuesday, uh, November 9th. So I, I don't care about the age as much as it is. Okay, what can you do when you're in the ring? Can you tell a story still? And do you have a different gear? And I think Jay Lethal is that guy. Brody King. Just interviewed Brody King like three weeks ago. Uh, Brody King is someone who has wrestled all over the world, wrestled at Ring of Honor, a big guy that moves like a cruiserweight, wrestled in Japan, wrestled in Mexico. He talked about his experience with me. I'll see if I can find that interview and put it on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. He had some interesting things to say. But Brody King is a guy that um, that I think can really make a difference for a, a roster as well. Dalton Castle is a sports entertainer. And But he just happened to be in a pro wrestling company like Ring of Honor. I've always been entertained by Dalton Castle because he does not mind being different. Uh, it's very clear that he can wrestle, but he likes to entertain as well. And this is what makes him just a little bit different uh, at Ring of Honor. So I've always appreciated what Dalton can bring. He's a former ROH world champion, as a matter of fact. Um, but just a, a showy flamboyant peacock is Dalton Castle. And so if he went someplace like the WWE, he'd fit in perfectly. Even though he's a veteran, he still can go. Um, Jonathan Gresham. Have you ever seen Jonathan uh, Gresham wrestle? Part of the uh, a, a ROH Pure Champion. Uh, that guy's a wrestler's wrestler. I saw him with uh, a matchup against Matt Bennett. 
And I only ordered the pay-per-view because of the promo that Bennett had against Gresham and vice versa. And then I actually ordered the pay-per-view, watched this match. It was in the middle of the card, but it was a great wrestling match. If you're into the, into the slap and tickle and the sports entertainment things, uh, then you probably won't get it. But if you like professional wrestling, those two put on a wrestling clinic. And so that's what I really appreciate. That's when I started to start watching Gresham even more so. Yeah, that guy, even though... Again, he's not the tallest guy, not the biggest guy, but he's one of the best wrestlers that a company could have as far as pure in-ring technical uh, prowess. So I like that. The Briscoes have been around ROH forever as well. The the Briscoes, (laughs) they're such a, a unique talent, and I've been watching them in arenas for a long time with Ring of Honor, and again, we talk about a couple of guys who've been wrestling for a long time, singles or tag team, they are very, very entertaining, uh, and I don't know what their next step is, they can get independent bookings and fly between the independent booking to their farm in Delaware and back and forth and vice versa, and they can keep doing that as long as they want to, because they'll always get paid in wrestling. Uh, no matter where they go, they don't have to be uh, connected to any professional wrestling company to get over because everyone knows who the Briscoes are. Those guys are Hall of Famers, uh, but they have been very comfortable at ROH for a long time because the, you know, over the years, Ring of Honor has not had like these plethora of house shows and having to be up on the road 200 times a year. They don't do that. So pretty much J and Mark Briscoe have been able to be very, very comfortable going back and forth between their farm in Delaware and to whatever booking that they have. But I think any company would love to have the Briscoes there. Have you seen Vincent? I'm a big fan of Vincent. Vincent reminds me of wrestlers that were evil back in the day, evil characters. Uh, in recent vintage, I guess that would be Bray Wyatt. But I've, I've always been into the dark side of wrestlers that have that persona, the Kevin Sullivans, the uh, the Ravens, uh, wrestlers like that, personas like that, Gary Hart, those that had this dark side, and you're like, you just don't know where they're coming from. Jake the Snake Roberts comes to mind as well, of those where you're like, boy, are they shooting with this, or is this is this a character that they're portraying? Vincent seems very dangerous, and it seems like he is... Uh, he seems like he's a little bit off center, actually a lot off center. And but he has this influence where you look into his eyes and you believe he makes you believe that he's evil um, in a very odd type of way. So Vincent, to me, for any company, I think that he definitely would be not only can he wrestle, but also a tremendous promo. Uh, Angelina Love, a longtime veteran. Um, I think about her and I think about her time at uh, Impact Wrestling with TNA. Um, you know, again, solid performer on the ROH roster. Uh, and I think that she could be, a, if you have a women's division, why not add someone that can go? Um, Mike Bennett, I mentioned earlier, Mike Bennett is someone that has had ups and downs in his life. Uh, and But he has the support of his wife and his uh, family. I think he's turned his life around. I'm just glad he's got an opportunity. I, he has an opportunity now to be able to kind of show exactly what he can do. And I'm I'm very happy for him where he is right now uh, in his life because I think he's showing the best that we've seen. His stuff in the WWE, I mean, just, just horrendous booking. 
You know, I just it was just odd. I think that was something that uh, Paul Heyman had in mind as far as you know Maria Canellas Bennett, how she was wearing the pants in the family, and and, and it was just weird. It just that whole thing just did not set well with me because I know that Maria Canellas Bennett and Mike Bennett are better than what the WWE put out there for them. Roosh was a is a former. Uh, Ring of Honor champion. That guy is a really terrific performer out of Mexico, has wrestled for ROH as well. So I know that there's some names that I might have skipped over, uh, and because there's plenty of talent here, the the Brian Johnsons out of Philadelphia, the uh, Banditos are very good, um, Beer City Bruiser and Brawler, though you know just an attraction, right? Two big guys that can move around and be able to entertain people. Flamita, Flip Gordon. Um, there's a, a Joe Hendry. There's, so there's plenty of talent on the ROH roster. My point is, I just gave you a top 10 uh, that I think that can really work out well for a company. But but here's the point. I want to make sure I hit home this point before we hear from Jim Cornette. And that is that many will look at this ROH and look at also the releases by the WWE and say, oh, they can just go to AEW. They all just go to AEW and it'd be so awesome. Can I just tell you something? Here's why that's a bad idea. And I'm not saying I'm some wrestling historian. I'm just a wrestling fan just like you. But I want to make sure it's clear that just because the WWE released 15, 18 wrestlers this past Thursday and Ring of Honor is going to be closing their doors pretty soon, it doesn't mean that everyone's got to flock to the WWE or AEW. That's actually bad for wrestling. And here's how I know. Because in WCW under Eric Bischoff, Bischoff tried to get every person off the roster from the WWE he could. Now, he'll always deny it as though I had no interest in Bret Hart or I had no interest in this and that and the other. But clearly, in a ratings war, a wrestling war, you want to be able to harness as much talent as possible. And if you don't have homegrown talent that you've built within your company, you'll take someone off the WWE TV and put them on your show 10 times out of 10, because that's just smart business. It's not a sh- it's not shameful. It's just good business. You see someone that's on Friday Night Smackdown on Fox on a network, or you see someone on a very well-watched USA network, or you see someone that is, um, that's on WWE's Peacock TV, right, on the Peacock network, and that person is a free agent. Uh, if that person can work, and if you feel that he works for you, he or she works for your company, then you for sure put them on your TV. That's no problem. But here's the thing. You just can't put everybody that was on WWE TV on your show. You know, this rush for, oh, Bray Wyatt's got to go to AEW. Why? Why? Why can't he go to the NWA? Why can't he go to MLW? Why can't he go to New Japan? Why can't he go to another company that can open up an independent, that could be able to get funding and have a regular show 52 weeks a year on a digital space and make sure they're the number three? How come Impact Wrestling can't do that, right? They're also owned by a television conglomerate. See, here's the problem. And we, we saw this in WCW. We saw this in TNA because TNA went through the same thing. You remember this, right? TNA. People laugh at TNA. Oh, the Impact Wrestling is dead. Oh, TNA was so bad. TNA had Hulk Hogan. 
TNA had Eric Bischoff. TNA had uh, Kurt Angle. They had Kevin Nash. They had Booker T. They had Jeff Hardy. Um, they had so much talent. They had the Motor City Machine Guns. They had AJ Styles. They had Christopher Daniels. They had so much talent there. And now that company. And they were drawing decent ratings, pretty good, better ratings than AEW, quite frankly. I know AEW stands won't like that, but it's true that Impact Wrestling, once upon a time, TNA had tremendous numbers. Wrestling out of that little barn in Orlando, Florida, and not really growing as a company, but yet they had a hell of a roster. And also Ric Flair was on that roster as well. <laughs> Let's not forget that. Sting was on that roster and so many others. Here's my point. You can have the most talented roster. Doesn't mean that you're going to catch WWE. Doesn't mean that you're going to get over. Now, the reason why there's a buzz for AEW right now is because people want to see something new. They want to see the alternative. Hey, they see Adam Cole on AEW TV. They see CM Punk. They see their favorites. And more will be coming. They see Malachi Black. They'll, it'll be more coming. But the point is, though, is that you have to learn from the past. The reason why the WCW closed down, even though with all the talent they had, is because if you don't tell stories and if you push young talent to the back, if you push young talent, the talent that you've built, if you push it to the back to just get all free agents, that only lasts for a certain amount of time. Tony Khan should know that as, as someone who's watched wrestling for a long time. He can't run into that same trap. He can't do it. Same thing with Impact Wrestling, right? With TNA. All this talent I just mentioned, right? And what happened? They pushed the young talent to the back. And so they had to make some kind of storyline out of it. Let's let's have the young people against the older people. They did this in WCW. You know what? We have all this talent, this overpaid talent that doesn't want to work every every uh, night, that don't want to go to the house shows, the Hogan's, the Nash's, the Halls, all these wrestlers that don't want... Hey, and you know what? Let's have some of the young people, like Billy Kidman, and all these, these younger wrestlers against the older wrestlers and see what... No. There's the problem. And so when we hear people say, oh, ROH, they could all just go to AEW. Or these WWE releases, oh, they could just go to AEW. They could just go to... No. What has to happen is that there needs to be a third and fourth viable brand. And I, I see Kurt Bauer always talking about, hey, you know what, we're going to, now that we have all these releases, we're going to try to reassess our company. And NWA is talking about how proud they are of those letters. If there's not a third or fourth viable brand along with AEW and the WWE, then this whole wrestling war don't mean shit. Doesn't mean anything. The WWE is going to win this war unless Tony Khan understands I don't need all this talent because of some uh, just 10 things I just want to mention, just 10 quick things to really solidify my point on why that AEW doesn't need all this new talent that's available in free agency. Just 10 quick things, okay? Just think about it from this standpoint. So AEW has Ruby Soho, right? And I got nothing against Fort Wayne's own Ruby Soho. That's awesome, right? But when you start bringing a, an influx of talent, and there's going to be some more free agent women that's going to come to AEW or go to. So from AEW standpoint, are you going to add more veteran wrestlers that are over thirty, or are you going to set aside Chris Statlander who's twenty six? Are you going to say, you know what, boy, Ring of Honor's got all these great wrestlers that are over 30, we have, or, or all these releases, boy, Keith Lee and, and Mia Yim and some of these NXT products, they can come to AEW. So are you going to push aside Leo Rush, who's 26? 
Man, I tell you what, I cannot wait for uh for the opportunity for Kevin Owens to come over in January or Kyle O'Reilly to come over to AEW uh in January, February when their contract's up from WWE. So you're gonna get forget about Dante Martin who's twenty? Uh, Anna Jay who's twenty three, Sammy Guevara who's twenty eight, MJF who's twenty five, Ty Conti who's twenty four, Darby Allen who's twenty eight, Jade Cargill who is in her late twenties, Jungle Boy. You can't get enough of Jungle Boy in AEW, right? He's twenty four. You see, in years past, whether it is in TNA or in uh, WCW. There was times where you had this influx of talent that would come in and they were free agents and, you know, companies like AEW or like Eric Bischoff and WCW or what was happening in TNA with Vince Russo and Jeff Jarrett. Oh, we got to get these guys off the WWE TV. We just got to put them at the top of the card. We got to put them in the main event spots. But what about your young talent? Right. So I don't want to be on this podcast in five years saying, yeah, well, that was great. A great, you know, sprint by AEW by getting Kyle O'Reilly and Kevin Owens and Adam Cole and CM Punk. But remember when Jungle Boy was hot? Remember when Luchasaurus was hot? Oh, 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 oh. Remember when Darby Allen was good? Do, 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 do. And he was with Sting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember when uh, MJF was the best promo in the business, but yet he got pushed to Elevation or Dark? Oh, hood, that'll never happen. Believe me, as a wrestling fan who's been watching this shit for a long time, oh, it can happen. You People, promoters get starstruck. And they say, boy, these guys are on WWE TV. We've got to put them on. we got to put them at the top of the card right now. But, but what about those that are young talents that need to be able to be pushed up the card for eventually for them to be the heavyweight champion or for them the main event or the reason why people come to the building? The Sammy Guevara. Jim Ross saying, he reminds me of a young Eddie Guerrero. He does? He reminds me of Gino Hernandez, by God in heaven. He does? Why can't Sammy Guevara in his late 20s just be the best Sammy Guevara can be? He's got the TNT title now, but then... In five years, will he just be just the guy that's just jerking the curtain? Or will he be a main event player or at the top of the card because he's a young guy and it's about AEW and developing the talent that they were able to get today? That's what I'm talking about. My friends, don't think that it won't happen because I've seen it happen numerous times in wrestling. Hopefully, the Tony Khan and others will be able to learn the lesson from the past. And once again on this podcast, I will say that Major League Wrestling and the NWA and some of these independents, they need to be able, and I always forget about Impact Wrestling because Impact Wrestling, um, their median age is 65 years of age. It's 65 years old and they're averaging about 105,000 viewers a week on the weekly, uh, on the um, Access TV network that no one's watching except me every now and then. (laughs) I mean, just, geez, man, like, come on. My point is, is that hopefully that the newer promoters will be able to learn from the past. Jim Cornette, uh, who worked at Ring of Honor for a while, uh, had his thoughts about the story about Ring of Honor and them closing the doors. 
they always Sinclair somehow gets into an all or nothing situation where you either got nothing that you need or you got everything you need. And apparently now it's swinging back toward nothing. They've got valuable real estate in terms of the television. And I know that everybody laughs and scoffs because, oh, they're not on TNT on Wednesday night at the same time, blah, blah, blah. They're on all different times in local markets on broadcast stations. Exactly. That was the point of the whole venture to begin with. They've just honestly changed the point of the venture at at the start and have never really capitalized on the point of the venture. But they still have great television real estate because you cannot replace local broadcast television in term if when you're a owned by a television broadcast group that's valuable you've got a product that you can sell you can sell advertising you can get sponsorships you can do tie-ins you own the programming so you can do anything you want with it that was the whole idea of the company originally but it's been it's been a timing issue with what they got when since the start. And so over the last couple of years, again, PW Insider had reported this, but I think several other places had also that they were gearing up before the pandemic to start doing a weekly broadcast. And they had signed a number of guys to contracts And they kept all, they honored all the contracts during the pandemic because, of course, immediately they're buying or they're they're hiring, you know, more wrestlers and paying more for the contracts because they think they're going to run more shows. And suddenly they're not running any shows and they're not selling any tickets and they're not getting any buzz. And it's also been reported that they had the more strenuous COVID regulations quarantining guys in hotels, doing the empty arena shows, changing the canvases in between matches because Sinclair's a big billion-dollar corporation. They didn't want any liability, I'm sure. But the point is, for two years, they've paid all these guys they signed contracts, and it's been numerous times. They've said, oh, they're, they're taking care of all the guys on contracts. Nobody was let go during the pandemic. They should be commended for that. But what they've done is they've spent more money probably in the last couple of years, I would think, than they ever have since they've been in business and taken in almost nothing. So what do you think is going to happen? <clears throat> they're going to have to re-rack and they're going to have to figure something out. But I, I, I don't know why they would have said, unless they just want to renegotiate all contracts from scratch, why they would have let everybody go. I personally would have said, I'm going to keep my eight guys, the great eight, and get rid of everybody else because we can't afford them, and let's see what we can do there. Who knows? I wasn't in on the meetings. But, um, I mean, you know, it's it's they're starting over from scratch. It's going to be hard from here, one would think, because they're starting from scratch again after 10 years. Thoughts there from Jim Cornette from the Jim Cornette experience and Jim worked for Ring of Honor so he's got a soft spot for the company and he's thinking man 
after 10 years, you're starting over from scratch again. Well, I mean, it's not like Vince McMahon had, didn't have to necessarily, not necessarily start over, but had to kind of redo his thought process on how to be able to present wrestling and other companies had to do it as well. But as far as shutting the doors, that's a tough one. I appreciate you listening to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I just tell you to tell people that John the Hood Talks Wrestling. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday and is proudly brought to you by Manscaped, manscaped.com. Use the promo code HOOD. Listen, you know, they're our sponsor for this podcast, and I want you to be able to lock into manscaped.com and use a promo code, code HOOD and get 20% off. Uh, it's working for me. I hope that works for you as well. Also, it'd be a nice gift for a guy that you know that needs some help as far as below-the-waist grooming. Again, manscaped.com. Use the promo code HOOD. Get 20% off. I, again, I appreciate you listening. And uh, coming up on Saturday as we record this, uh, I'll be on with uh, Bang and Camp, the combination that bring you first black champ. Again, that is not safe for work, uh, so make sure you monitor that podcast as you listen to it, because we talk about a myriad of topics, and we got so much more coming up before we're done with 2021 in the world of professional wrestling, including a look uh, at uh, Full Gear, the AW pay-per-view that's going to take place here in a couple days. So we'll review that and so much more. Thanks for listening to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday right here. Thanks for downloading the podcast, and you'll be hearing from me soon. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>